extreme challenges. They are underrated. They really reveal our weaknesses. It's an opportunity to self-reflect and realize that we've learned something new. And if you really take it a step further, I think it also makes us more marketable. Welcome to the Self-Leadership Experiment, where we take an evidence-based perspective on all things organizational behavior. My name is Scott Dust. I'm a management professor, as well as a team member for an HR tech company. I'll be talking with my co-host, Louis DiCarlo, and we'll break down what's real and what's not, and what works and what doesn't work. Thanks for joining the conversation. Today's topic, extreme challenges, and how, I think at least, they are underrated. So extreme challenges, they really reveal our weaknesses and they challenge our capacity to really keep it together because it's stressful. And on its surface, this doesn't sound like fun, but what I really think is that anytime we go through really hard things, it's an opportunity to self-reflect and realize that we've learned something new. And if you really take it a step further, I think it also makes us more marketable. So anytime we've had something really challenging, really difficult, you know, people love to hear the story of this amazing mountain that we had to climb or this really complex challenge that we had to overcome. I mean, it signals grit, it signals problem solving, it signals that, you know, you're capable of figuring things out. Um, but there's not a lot of people that really run headfirst into these opportunities that are super, super challenging. Um, but I think it could be good, right? And, and also the bar is relatively low, right? If it really is pretty clear that this is just something that's so big and so impossible, you know, fail fast is kind of the mentality, you know, on the West Coast and the startup culture is just, you know, give it a try and go for it. You're going to learn something from it. But I think our default is security. We really want a sure thing. But if you stick with something that you think is a sure thing and you play it safe, eventually the crisis is going to find you. The challenge is going to hit you and probably when you least expect it. So why not just run in eyes wide open to something that is super, super challenging and learn from it with especially that bar set relatively low? No, I, I think you said the right way to, to frame this is whether we want to admit it or not is insecurity is it lies within every single one of us right and i think that's actually what promotes people or uh, encourages people to run to challenging um work or work that puts them on the edge of their or outside of their comfort zone yeah because no one really wants to fail right because of the the insecurities that we have on the other hand though I can think of like, you know, a few months ago I was, I was doing a project and it, it kind of went sideways to, to some degree. Yeah. It was really stressful. Um, I was kind of worried about what people were thinking about me, you know, all those natural things. Sure. Looking back on it, like um, it was one of the better development experiences I've had in my what you know you know in the 15 or 16 years or so that I've been working it's like in, when you're in that moment it can be really challenging yeah. and stressful and hard but I you know it, it, it makes you better in the end right and, yeah. and it offers right and do you think growth. it gave you the opportunity to also illustrate to your colleagues that hey when things do go sideways and they inevitably will at some point I'm going to manage it the right way. I'm not going to shrivel up, right? I'm actually going to, I'm going to own it and I'm going to figure out, you know, how to overcome. Yeah. I mean, look, when things go wrong in the workplace, like 
you kind of figure out who's got your back and who doesn't. Right. And, 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 and I didn't really have a terrible experience with like, with that in itself, but the timing of it was, it was right. It was the, the end of this work project aligned with my annual performance review. <laughs> and I went into that review thinking, all right, obviously we're going to talk about the shortcomings and some of the challenges that happened on this project. Right. And yeah, we mentioned them, but we, the, the feedback that I was given was more like, look, you had some adversity, you haven't had a whole lot of it, but you handled it really well. And I actually was felt like I got recognition in my performance review for it rather than what I was expecting was, you had one job to do this year, you know what I mean? Something like that. Right. Sure. And, um, yeah. And so you just never actually really know like what, mm-hmm. how it's going to go. And I think like going back to those insecurities, you typically are the, your own worst critic and assume the worst, but in reality, yeah. like, yeah, usually is a, is a, is a positive. Right. Cause like I was reading the, the, the language in here, you got a story to tell now, right? Like you, you went through something. Yeah. You, you got on the other side of it. And now you can explain how, how, how to do it. Right. And how to do it better next time. Yeah. So one of the really good research angles of about performance as of late, well, it's not that current, maybe about 10 years old, it finally kind of hit people right in the face that a lot of times what we're evaluating when we're looking at performance management in particular is what is what's called routine task performance. These are the predictable demands and how well did you hand the predictable demands? But there's also two other categories that we're not very good at actually articulating, whether it be in your job responsibilities or articulating in performance management reviews, which is adaptive performance and proactive performance, right? So adaptive performance is like your ability to handle the unpredictable demands, like this chaotic project that went sideways, right? Like how did you perform during the unpredictable? Then the proactive is something we haven't really touched on, but it's also, I think, a similar mindset of, it's not the things that were routine and and predictable, but it's the things that you were thinking about the future. You were thinking far enough down the line to say, it's not good enough to just kind of get these things done that I've been asked to do because inevitably things change and I need to be able to be prepared for the future. So like in an ideal world, everybody's thinking about all three of those different types of performance and maybe even putting ourselves in circumstances, arguably, that enabled us to think more about adaptive performance or proactive performance to round ourselves out as more you know, high quality performers in all sorts of scenarios. Yes, it's good, good context there. I mean, I, I think like res- responding to what you just said, tell me, tell me if you agree, but if you're constantly doing your routine job, which is right down the middle of the fairway for you and relatively easy, mm-hmm. you might be able to, to demonstrate your ability to do that. Did you call them like repeatable uh, predictable yeah predictable predictable yeah they're all the kind of the same and the same cadence the same challenge yeah Yeah. but if you aren't reaching out to find the more challenging to Mm -hmm. seek adversity in your work like to find ways to to bring that about then 
you're going to, I think, struggle to demonstrate your ability in the other two areas that yep. you, you envision, right? Because if it's predictable, then like, do you really need to be that proactive about how to manage it? Or, and what was the other one? Uh, proactive yeah. and adaptive and adaptive. Right. And I think those two features or, you know, measurements, you don't really get the, I, it's harder to measure those when I can do this in my sleep. Yeah. Then if, if it's really putting me on the brink, I really got to think through this, right. I really got to think what's going to happen you know, like you said, down the road. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I think there's a few different ways to do it, right? Like sometimes those opportunities find you and that just is what it is. And that's your opportunity to do it. But I think there's also situations where we could be setting aside time to think through what could be done in the future, more proactive and being okay with kind of stepping back from the day-to-day predictable things and carving out time to think more future oriented or create initiatives or create partnerships and get involved in initiatives across the company that actually do more because that's the things that people are going to notice, right? Like if you're doing your job and you're doing the predictable stuff, well, you're just going to get the check mark, right? You're going to get that four out of five on your performance review, but how are you going to really get the five out of five? Like, even though I don't think managers have the language for it, I think what they're looking for is proactive performance. Like they want you to go above and beyond and do something that like they didn't just tell you to do. Um, but then you can also put yourself in some of those more adaptable performance opportunities, but they don't have to be off, you know, off the charts, insane. <laughs> and they, they can just be stretches where it's a little bit more of, it's challenging, but it's not, you know, so complicated that you're never going to figure it out. There's got to kind of be a sweet spot in where you put yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, agree with everything. Uh, down that one. I mean, I, I wonder also sometimes like how much of this is personality based too. like, yeah. some people gravitate towards things on the edge of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I think some people seek those challenges and other people's right. they, they seek okay. the opposite. Right. And, um, yeah, there's, there's a handful of constructs that I think get at that. Right. So openness to experience is one of the big five you might be yeah. more likely to be interested in that neuroticism. Another one of the big five or the positive version of that on the opposite end of the spectrum is emotional stability. The more emotionally stable you are, the more comfortable you might be getting into something like that. Another one is tolerance for ambiguity. It's a popular personality trait evaluated to illustrate that those that have a higher tolerance for ambiguity, they don't mind not knowing and having control over their environment. They're like more willing to work through it and feel comfortable and confident working through it. Yeah. So it's kind of innate as well. So it might be harder for some of us than others to really jump all in. Definitely. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, everybody, thanks for joining uh, for more resources on bridging the gap between science and practice. For all things organizational behavior, head over to scottdust.com. And from there, you can subscribe to my monthly newsletter, as well as find more evidence-based insight through social media, YouTube, and podcasts. Thanks.